You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So you're listening to Done By Law with Daniel and Sue. We um, unfortunately had some tech issues during this live programming. So you'll hear the live recording version in this podcast with the postscript recorded off-site the following day with our, our live lived experience guests. Um, so you'll, you'll get a bit of chop and change in this episode, and that's what you can expect in the podcast, but it's a fantastic episode, so keep tuned in. Their stories are so worth listening to. What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. You're listening to Done By Law, brought to you by the Federation of Community Legal Centres. Good evening and welcome to Done By Law on 3CR 855 AM live and also welcome to those of you who are listening to our podcast or streaming on 3cr.org.au. It's 6.01pm on Tuesday the 4th of May 2021. Firstly, we acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the original and rightful custodians of the land we're broadcasting from. We also pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging. And we acknowledge that this land was stolen, never ceded. We're your hosts tonight, Dan Dan Bavcevich and Sue Robertson. And tonight is Dan's last hurrah on Done By Law. Dan, he's leaving Melbourne and heading to Perth for work. Thanks, Sue. It's a pleasure to be here one last time in the studio Um, and very sad to be leaving. But I'm excited that we've organised a great show to to send me off. there's been heaps of great shows that I've had the pleasure of being involved in over the last couple of years, and I suggest you go and listen to them on the podcast. <laughs> you can go on the Done By Law website or Spotify or where iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, and relive the great memories. Um, and I'm sure that Done By Law will keep doing the great work. It's been a pleasure just to say I've had an involvement in this, this great show. And for those listening um, who've never been in a a radio studio, Dan is actually operating the control panel and without him, I would be lost. So, um, Dan, you're a legend. Well, Um, without you, Sue, I'd be lost because I (laughs) would hardly ever have great questions to ask our guests. (laughs) So, anyway, we've got some great stuff to talk about. Yeah. So, um, I just wanted to say thank you on behalf of all of us for you've been awesome to work with and we really miss you. All right. You make me cry. (laughs) Not on radio. It's live radio, Dan. Um, So before we get into tonight's program, I need to declare a personal interest. I am a current board member of the organisation that we're featuring, which is called Women and Mentoring. We'll get to that in a minute. Everyone, Dan, has an opinion on crime and prisons and the best way to deal with, you know, criminals in inverted commas 
right? Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, particularly myself involved in the criminal justice system as a community lawyer, um, I'm dealing with a lot of people every day who have got caught up in some unfortunate way with a criminal charge. And I think the, the media portrayal of a criminal is not the reality for the vast majority of people that go through the doors of the magistrate's courts throughout Victoria and, and Australia. Um, often people have hit a hard time in their life. They've been um, stuck in unfortunate circumstances. There's, there's often a really sad story. Um, and I have the privilege actually sometimes when, when somebody is um, pleading to a charge to share that story with the court so that justice can be served. Um, and that's, that's a privilege um, that you get as a lawyer sometimes is to share someone's story. Um, and I think we're going to do something similar today um, on the air, which is, again, another great privilege. But I think there's, there's something that gets lost and forgotten after you leave the court. Justice is served. Everyone thinks, well, that's it. Um, done and dusted. Done and dusted. But it's not really, mm. it's not really the case. And there's, especially as a community lawyer, there's usually a lot of follow-up um, that mm. you really need to do to ensure that the person you're helping gets the best outcome as a result. Support. Any yeah. support that they need. Mm. So um, tonight we're focusing on women in particular in the criminal justice system. And the question for us is, are there other ways of working with women caught up in the criminal justice system than the ways that we all kind of know about? And we, tonight we're joined by guests who believe there are definitely better ways. Um, they're from a really unique organisation called Women and Mentoring, or WAM for short, and WAM uses mentoring relationships, one-on-one -on -one relationships, to support women who are caught up in the criminal justice system. And it provides an early intervention program for women charged with criminal offences or who are, who are at risk of offending. And these women are matched with a supportive, trained female mentor. Our guests are going to tell us more. And they are uh, Trisha, who's the CEO of WAM. And uh, so welcome, Trisha. And uh, Sammy, are you there, Sammy? We have Sammy and Louise on the telephone line, we hope, <laughs> after um, setting them up before. Oh, I am trying to get them on. Dan's <laughs> trying to, trying to hook, them, hook them in. Yeah. Yeah. This is Community Radio. Yeah. Well, I'll say hello. Hello, everyone. And um, thanks for letting me share your last show with you, Dan. I'm really privileged to be here and, and also really honoured to talk about WAM um, tonight as well. Okay. So um, have we got them there, Dan? I can't hear them. I, um, not yet. So maybe... I'm doing some stuff. Dan, we're going to leave Dan to do some background stuff while we ask Trisha to tell us a little bit about um, how WAM works. Sure. Well, WAM commenced as a pilot project um, here in Collingwood, so back in our um, sort of homeland here, and it was a response to a research paper that looked at ways to support women who were in that early stage of contact with the justice system. And really it was about trying to help them build those protective factors to avoid a custodial sentence but also get better, have better outcomes. And so there's a growing body of evidence that demonstrates those gendered pathways to the justice system, similar to what Dan was talking before about um, some of those stories that you hear, the backstories to why people are presenting at, in, um, at court. And we know that women in the justice system are disproportionately impacted by um, issues like family violence, sexual abuse, trauma, 
financial disadvantage and poverty. And, you know, um, they also struggle to um, find opportunities to work and perhaps have connections within their community. And it's um, issues like this that also create barriers for women positively engaging with those support services that are there um, that are meant to sort of um, really help them um, get better outcomes. And, you know, some of the data we know about women in our program is that um, 88% have experienced current or historical family violence. 95% um, report um, having a mental health issue that also imp impacts their daily life. Um, many, about half, are homeless or insecure in in insecure housing, um, and then a lot of them are also um, reporting problematic drug um, drug use and. You know what? Something we've seen this year is also all over the last twelve months is people um, experiencing difficulty paying fines, and we know there were a lot of COVID fines given yeah. out last year. Fines, mm. oh, fines mm. keep coming up in almost every program we do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But um, so over the past ten years, we have worked with women to, um, I guess, uh, grow from our program in Collingwood to being across. Uh, we have a bigger footprint now from Frankston through to Broadmeadows, Sunshine, over to Heidelberg, and we work with different agencies in the health justice sector. We receive referrals from corrections, from the courts, um, community legal centres, and also um, several other. agencies agencies in this space that identify that these vulnerable women could have a, um, a better chance um, when they appear in front of a magistrate or with their um, correction, community corrections order if they were matched to someone or if they were supported by someone in the community who could help them. And, um, you know, we recruit, screen and train volunteers, women from the community in their role as mentors. And it's um, the, um, we have coordinators on staff who who actually provide that support to the mentors, whether that's through debriefing, ongoing professional development, um, but also you know really providing that support to that relationship. So we match women who are referred to us with volunteers from the community, and they have this formal supported mentoring relationship, which can last anywhere from six months to three years. Uh, it really depends on what sort of goals that woman is trying to achieve, but also um, it really depends on on those two women. What, how they're going, how they're experiencing that that friendship, and um, really trying to work with with um, supporting uh, that mentoring relationship to get the best um, for that woman achieving her goals. And it's not, so it's a really yeah. re really one on one kind of absolutely relationship. That's um, that's um, Dan's giving us a, a look at the moment. Have we I, lost our I, phone guests? No, we? we so look. I I think um, it's been a great introduction for yeah. Trisha about women and mentoring, and I think we should just. Flick to a little quick break um, and then we'll come back and hopefully we have our wonderful guests on the line then. So how about we, we do that? Okay, welcome Sammy and Louise and Trisha. So uh, Sammy is one of WAM's um, mentees, one of the women that um, found WAM and um, was matched with her wonderful mentor, Louise. Um, and they're both joining us tonight to talk a little bit about their personal stories and their little personal adventure together. Um, so firstly, uh, Sammy, would you mind sharing a, a bit about where your life was at before you came into contact with Wham and um, met the fabulous Louise. Yes, the fabulous Louise, very much the fabulous Louise. Um, look, it's a long story, but to condense it for this purpose, um, I guess I'd gone through 15 years of um, 
alcohol and prescription drug abuse. And then um, five years ago, five, six years ago, I had a marriage breakdown, which led me, uh, I had underlying mental health issues. Um, it led me into illicit drugs. Um, and then I found myself being sentenced in before drug court um, for a two-year drug treatment order. Now, it was 12 months into that order that they realised that I needed some support because I'd lost all my pro-social connections um, within the community and friends and family through, obviously, my actions. Um, and, and they referred me to WAM. So... Before that, I was struggling, you know, before WAM, I was still struggling with um, drug abuse. I had, um, you know, I didn't know who I was because addiction strips you of all your integrity um, and your dignity, like any introvert that you could possibly imagine. Um, I didn't have stable housing. My children, I hadn't had them for over five years. Um, my relationship with their father was really strained. Um, so life was really messy really messy before I, I came into contact with them. Okay. And um, Louise, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you drew you to doing this kind of great work with, um, with WAM? Well, I, uh, my background is in the media. I worked at newspapers all my life and um, I decided uh, at about 58, 59 to retire um, and so having a sort of, you know, pretty busy lifestyle, um, I really wanted to make sure I had something else in my life that was sort of worthy and, and uh, that I could try and make a difference if I could. I'd done some volunteering before, um, but that was sort of, you know, more kitchen and op shop stuff. And I was looking for something that would challenge me as well. Um, and then I was referred to WAM and um, have been there for more than 12 months now. And what was it in particular about WAM that, that attracted you? Um, supporting women. Um, that, I, that When I was looking at um, doing some volunteering, I was only looking in that field because I had worked, as I said, in the media for a long time and that was mainly a male um, environment and uh, I, I really felt and I you know I did feel that women need support on a lot of levels and I did support a lot of women in my job um, but I wanted to do something that where I could really make a difference and it was because I wanted to particularly support women yeah. Fantastic and so uh, had Sammy had you heard of WAM before or you know when you were you know told that you needed to get in touch with WAM or were connected with WAM how, what did what did you feel about that Oh look I hadn't heard of them before and it wasn't about me getting in contact it was a referral was made and it was explained to me that you know I would get a mentor and I was really excited by that you know I it was it was what I needed, but I didn't know that I needed it. So, so yeah, that's how I came to know, yeah, first off who WAM were. Mm, okay. And um, both of you, Sammy and Louise, whoever wants to go first, how has this sort of connection, this relation, this one-on-one -on -one, um, mentor relationship changed um, life for each of you? Who wants to go first? I'll go first, Louise. I just, um, 
This is Sammy talking. (laughs) Dramatically, Louise um, has changed my life. And I say that, um, and I know it sounds cliche, but, you know, I have someone who walks beside me. She has helped me to lay some really strong foundations and live daily by a value set that I believe in and has given me that belief back in myself again. Um, She is there to listen to me when, you know, I have those days when it sort of sucks a bit. Um, And, you know, not having any family um, or, you know, previously no social connections, that was just so important um, because it made me feel normal again. Um, because the stigma that comes along, obviously, with sort of the dark place that I'd been, um, it's all it all sort of eroded away when I was in Louise's presence. And I just, I've been really blessed. She's, yeah, she's amazing. Wow, that's really huge. Um, how about you, Louise? How has life changed for you after meeting Sammy? Oh, well, look, you know, I'd say the same thing about Sammy. She's pretty amazing. Um, life has changed for me in the sense that um, I, Sam, Sammy's taught me heaps about um, addiction and, you know, when life crumbles, how hard it can be. Um, and also she's shown me how strong you have to be to sort of climb your way out of it. Um, and... This is sort of something that I hadn't had contact before. So I've learned a lot from Sam. And really, I find Sam inspirational because of, you know, 12 months, you know, she's gone from not being able to see her children to seeing her children all the time and, you know, reconnecting with the community. Um, and, look, as much as I can, we can chat and, you know, we do have a lot of laughs as well. I mean, we, we just... When, when Wham introduce you to someone, they um, they match you. And, um, you know, it's again cliche, but I think we're the perfect match because <laughs> we do bounce well off each other and um, it's nothing's a hassle with either of us, I don't think, you know, and sometimes, you know, we'll throw away the, the book and just sit there and have coffee, you know, and, and try and lead something, do something just totally normal, you know. So, um, you know, Sam's taught me a lot taught me a lot wow so um, that's go on dan yeah sammy and louise i guess i got a question for both of you about how it actually works um and how your first interaction your first meeting and introductions to each other went down and what um what you might expect if you are going to um get support through wham in, in that process, because it's, to me, it sounds like it would be um, pretty scary at the beginning, given that you've just come out of um, the courts after a criminal matter. So perhaps that might be one for Sammy first. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so the initial introduction is with the project coordinator, Sarah, and she was uh, she made me feel comfortable straight away off the bat. We had a discussion around what expectations I had, what um, what I wanted from a mentor, what my goals were, um, what sort of person that would look like. Um, and then 
she went away and did an assessment and, you know, she handpicked Louise for me um, and she couldn't have handpicked a better person. Like she was made for, we were match made in heaven. <laughs> um, and, you know, when I then, so the in, initial introduction is through Sarah who does the assessment and then from there, Sarah facilitates a meeting between myself and Louise for that first introduction to so that we both got a feel for each other, I guess. If that's if you think that's the way you want to call it. Um and yeah, I guess for Louise and I, it just I mean, there was no turning back. It it just Sarah did her job perfectly. And because like Louise mentioned, you know, the careful um process that WAM take in matching the mentors and mentorees this is why we've seen such a huge I'd say success with Louise and myself because of that great care that they take in matching it together. Mm, awesome. Yeah so when, when, when you're matched initially and you do you go and have the coffee and um, with Sarah and then Sarah will leave and you sit down and have a chat. And the next meeting you have, you actually set goals. So Sam and I talked about what sort of goals she would like to achieve over the next month, two months, three months. And we, we write those down and, and uh, we also set boundaries on when we can be contacted and when we can't. And so it's a, it's a really strong agreement between two people. And um, then, you know, my, I see my role then as, each week when we meet for a coffee or a walk or whatever we do, um, you know, we go through those goals and we decide which one, you know, we're going to try and knock off first. And, and um, you know, you gradually build this relationship where, you know, the goals almost go out the window because the progression is so good. And then you, what you're then doing is looking for the future and leading and looking at Sam leading a normal life in the community with a job um, and, you know, so that she can be as happy as she possibly can be. And we're sort of getting a long way towards that, yeah. Um, I've heard, we've heard um, about um, some good news, I think, Sammy, about employment um, now that it's been mentioned. Um, <laughs> and wondering if you could share with us a bit more about that and how Wham and Louise may have played a significant role in that, in that development. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, look... I've been um, meeting with Trish um, and a couple of other girls fortnightly, sort of on a peer advisory committee, and and then because of the relationship that Louise and I have had, we were asked to speak <clears throat> at um, a corporate fundraising donor morning tea, and um, the people who hosted that. Uh, I believe, approached Trish and asked for my resume after I spoke. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know how to make this, put this, I'm finding it hard to find my words and I'm sorry. But, yeah, I was just blown away. I still am blown away, I suppose. This is why I can't find my words. I'm just so grateful for this opportunity and it would never have happened without Wham and Louise also because I would have never had the confidence to believe that I could do it. 
you know, after a lot of knockdowns um, that come with having criminal records, you know, you get down to the final two and they've got the choice between someone without a criminal record, someone with a criminal record, and, you know, obviously they're going to go for the non-criminal record. But, you know, this particular business was able to use their um, discretion and they've taken a chance on me. And I'm really grateful to that. And I'm grateful to Wham and I'm grateful to Louise because I wouldn't be here now without them. Like they, and I, I just feel like there's not enough words to say to really capture my full gratitude. You know, I, they've just been amazing. Wow. So, Trisha, this is a huge success story we're hearing about here. And um, I'd just like to um, quickly ask you what kind of data you have about WAM's success rate and the cost compared to other ways. You know, this is really a, a different way of doing um, support for women caught up in the criminal justice system. So what, what success data do you have and how much does it cost? Well, first off, I need to sort of say, like, the story that we've just heard, and thank you, Sam and, and Louise, for sharing that with us, um, it's really hard to then compile that down into data. Like, that is, you know, in terms of the richness of what we've been told, it's really hard to sort of say um, these are the outcomes for, you know, like X, Y and Z. But we actually did have a... Um, independent evaluation of our work conducted and and this looked at data over the past three years of all the relationships and women who've been involved with women and mentoring for the past three years and um, the funding that we received from the Victorian Legal Services Board um, three years ago enabled us to really strengthen our evaluation framework but also build our capacity so that we could actually generate this really good you know, piece of data. And this report um, which we launched uh, two weeks ago identified that through the connection of those mentoring relationships, women reported really positive outcomes. And these were individual outcomes, but things like being more confident and better resourced to respond to their legal issues, women telling us that they felt um, more connected to their community and no longer feeling socially isolated. Uh, they were developing strategies to reconnect with family members. Um, women were um, had their children returned to their care and also were able to proactively seek out parenting support felt more um, supported to engage positively with um, drug and alcohol practitioners. Some um, women um, were able to engage positively with mental health supports as well uh, and just also embed some really practical approaches to that they could then um, impart in their own lives on a day-to-day -day basis. So that in terms of that, you know, emotional regulation and, and sort of those sort of strategies and cop you know, coping skills. Um, some women went back into work, further training. So these were all really for lots of women that we work with. And we know that those regular catch-ups with the mentors built self-esteem and really increased, increased women's self-advocacy. Um, so the report confirms that not only do women progressively work towards building their um, this pro-social identity away from the justice system, we also know that the majority, so 87% of the women engaged with a mentor, did not re-offend. And that's compared to did a state... Did you say 87%? did not re-offend, that's wow. right. So, and that's compared to um, the rate of re-offending of 43% for people who do have contact with the justice system. And we know that being in the justice system is a precursor to re-offending. It's this cycle of re-offending that we're trying mm. to break. And we do that successfully. And we do that at a fraction of a cost that um, you know, to keep a woman in prison. So the cost of keeping a person in prison 
per day is around $323 and the cost of a community corrections order per day is $47, where for just $20 a day, it sounds like a, a you know, an ad for something, but $20 <laughs> a day, um, you know, we provide that support of a trained and screened mentor who offers practical assistance, emotional connection, um, you know, that, that support and encouragement um, that that really helps that um, any woman who's in our program be feel empowered and able to make those positive changes in her life. So it's a massive sort of, um, you know, cost-effective crime prevention initiative. For something that's not being offered anywhere else, so all, no, all it's of those quite other, innovative. yeah, all of those other more expensive options don't offer this this kind of opportunity. This and this don't way necessarily of, work. You know, they're not yeah. as effective. It's, yep. it's, um, yeah. Awesome. Um, I, I got a question um, to follow up on that, and one probably for Sammy and Louise, I guess, based on that info that Trish gave us. Um, Sammy, was this your, when you got into in touch with Louise and set up that mental relationship, was that the first time that you had been, um, to court or was it later on in the, in the court proceedings or had you had to deal with a criminal case prior to the case that, um, led to you getting set up with Louise? I'm just curious into how, what your, what your experience at court was, um, and how that, was influenced with the mentorship okay so I came to Louise after criminal proceedings so I didn't have the support through the system and looking back if I had um maybe not for this particular matter that um saw me sentenced at drug court but certainly for um other matters that I had going on before that uh, final one if I'd had support through that time perhaps there would have been very different outcomes but even through that you know it's you know unfortunately it was almost like I had to hit rock bottom before I was ever going to find out about you know someone like Wham you know and I don't want that for other women I want other women to have that support before they hit where I hit, they, you, if that makes sense. Based on your experiences, um, and it sounds like the really positive experiences you've had after what obviously you sucks is you know going through the criminal justice system, are you inclined to get involved further with WHAM and perhaps become a mentor? Is that something that's on the horizon for you potentially? Uh, look, I think for now I'm still in the process of working on myself um, and that's not to say that that's something that I wouldn't like to do for the future because absolutely I would. But right now Louise and I haven't finished our work yet and I wouldn't be able to offer anyone close to what Louise has given me Um until we guide me through to this next chapter of my life, at least. It's also, it, I love a good news story. <laughs> That's what this is. Like, it's just, you know, and, you know, um, if our listeners go to the WAM website, you can see lots of stories and lots of information about 
the really incredible work that's happening. Can, they can also access the evaluation report that you were talking about, Tricia, is that right? Yeah, on our resources page on our website, there is the link to our evaluation report. And we also have links to people who might be interested in becoming a mentor. We have a um, volunteer uh, expression of interest. You can uh, let us know that you, um, if you're keen to do that. And you can also make a referral for yourself or someone else as well. If, you, if it sounds like something that um, you've got someone you're working with who could benefit from this program, we can definitely, um, you know, talk to you about that. And there's also a donate now button up in the top right corner which we'd love to have um, people support people show their support in that way because um, we do have we don't have uh, a secure future at the moment in terms of our funding situation so uh, as much funding or donations that we can secure or you know that would be really great yeah we need to secure much more of this happening um, expanding it not not keep not keep on having it continue on um on shaky ground it needs to really have some good um financial underpinning so that wonderful work like this um can continue and grow okay well thank you very much to the three of you for taking your time to be guests on done by law tonight and um and thank you sammy and louise for sharing your stories and um and and Sammy, you know, in particular, I understand that some of some of those things might be tricky to talk about. So um, we really, really, you know, we really appreciate uh, your openness and um, your and your and the warmth. You know, um, we're recording this part of the of the show on Zoom, and I can see everybody's faces, and the warmth coming out of the the screen is indescribable. It's wonderful. And I think later in the show we talk about how this is like a big, warm community hug and I can see it right here. So um, we need more of that. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> we do. Right. Thanks, Louise. Thanks, okay. Sammy. Thank Thanks, Tricia. And that was our interview with Sammy, Louise and Tricia that we recorded online the day after, after our tech issues. So we're going to throw back now to the live in-studio recording where we had an interview with Trisha. Okay, welcome back everybody. We've been trying to sort out, out our, our tech issues and um, we don't have our phone guests on the line at the moment. So we're just gonna talk a bit more with Trisha, our, our studio guest, uh, about um, WAM. So t tell us about um, what kind of women um, are accepted into the program from WAM or, or more I should say what which are there women that are not quite the right fit for the program so um, the, um, the program was originally set up working with women who are in that early stage of contact with the justice system so uh, might have been their first matters it might have been um, you know women who perhaps just weren't able to didn't have that confidence to navigate the justice system um, perhaps didn't turn up to court and so I've then of course then felt um, the repercussions of that over the last few years we've actually evolved to work with women who have gone through the process of the um, going to court so they might have a community corrections order um, we've worked with 
women who have been exiting prison, so from Tarangawa and DPFC as well. And I think that really comes down to just knowing that there's not a lot of supports for women out there, particularly mm-hmm. as they are um, in the justice system, whether it's, again, that early stage of contact or whether they're considered at risk of offending because they're perhaps known to police or there's a lot of presenting issues that also makes them quite vulnerable. Mm. Sounds sounds like there's, it's kind of like um, instead of trying to create um, sort of a, a connection within the community that's a bit like the community giving these women a bit of a hug instead of pushing them away, saying, come on, we're, we're going to support you here. So that, that means, that, therefore, that you need really particular kinds of women to be mentors to give these, these women their well-deserved hugs yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What sort of women do you does anyone apply? What tell yeah. us about those mentors, those magic mentors from the community? They are pretty magical. They're amazing women who put their hand up to help other women in their community and we've looked, you know, tried to determine what are the what makes a good mentor, what are the particular um traits that we're looking for and there is no particular age or background it is just someone who comes with a non-judgmental approach with um the ability to listen attentively and I guess uh, provide a bit of guidance and support and feedback to that woman about what's going on and help her see all those alternatives you know the alternative approaches to handling different issues in their life so it's just someone who can bounce ideas around but I think when we ask the participants in the program what sort of um, mentor they would like they always tell us someone with a sense of humor someone who's not (laughs) going to judge me and someone who you know I can just get along with and that's the kind of women that um, also put their hand up to be mentors we're really lucky that um, we we haven't really struggled to recruit mentors I think women will always put their hand up to help no matter what's going on in their own life yeah Um, but I guess that is the one thing we do look for in particular is that availability to meet during the day or um, at least, you know, once a week to catch up with that participant, whether preferably face-to-face, having a coffee now that we can do that. But, (laughs) you know, last year it was a lot of online, remote mentoring, digital apps were being used. Zoom mentoring. Yeah, (laughs) anything to keep that connection going because that's Mm. what these women need. They need what all women need, everyone needs really, is Mm. a connection, someone who they can talk to, they can turn to when they really need um, to go over, you know, chew the fat and work out how to address this problem or even just someone to listen to you when you've got a bit of a gripe going on. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining too that the um, one of the values for, the, for both is sort of a cross-feeding and um, an education each of the other person mm. about what life is like in the shoes of the other. Um, and um, I'm also thinking that, that um, there, this creates an opportunity to change networks for the or expand or or filter into other networks for the um, mentees the women who are being supported mm. um, so that there there um, there are more there are a wider range of role models available to them yeah I think one of the things that we do when we're um assessing women who are referred to the program is we ask them a little bit about their level of loneliness and the majority of the women who are referred to us tell us that social isolation and loneliness is um, quite prominent and that's one of their key goals is to build those connections or friendships Mm. in their community. So, um, And I guess what we're looking at is utilising that social capital of women who do come as mentors to um, find those connections in the community. You know, it could be looking at training options, it could be going to the local community house, you know, neighbourhood house to see what could be going on there, it could be going to the library 
um, it is about using their um, ability to sort of be um, assertive but also be in their community and helping women who in perhaps never way. learned those skills yeah. before. So kind of exposing different different approaches to being in the community. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, our phone guests, um, some, something's happened with our tech hands here tonight and we haven't got them. So we're just going to ask Trisha to tell us a little bit because we've only got a few minutes yeah. to go. I'm so sorry about that. Oh, uh, that's we, all right, Dan. It's the last show, but you know what? I think there's still a bit it's of time radio. maybe later to maybe record a podcast episode with maybe. our guests and um, hopefully we can get that out online. Mm. Um, but that's the beauty of live community radio for you tonight. Um, <laughs> you it's it. all good. All good. So we were going to have one of the mentees or one of the women who have been supported by WAM and um, tell us about her a little bit if you know her story, Trisha. I do know her story and I guess I'd, I'd always prefer that women t- share their own stories yeah. than me um, talking about them. But it's um, – yeah, Sammy's been matched to Louise for 12 months now mm-hmm. and um, I guess that's about the time we sort of see some really amazing um, – Got achievements being, you know, occurring, and and Sammy, uh, do you mean after twelve months? Yeah, that's so it takes of, sometimes it can an investment, can take, mm, absolutely, yeah. and that is also because you're looking to find that stability, um, engaging with services, but also housing and things like that. And I think that's some of the key issues that um, when Sammy was referred to us, she was um, really needing that support to. Um, so she was on a drug treatment order, and it was about actually trying to manage that. Mm-hmm. and being able to successfully sort of um, meet all her obligations for that drug treatment order, but also securing housing. And she wanted to improve her relationship with her children. And I think having Louise as someone that she could talk to, but someone also who could build up her self-esteem and her confidence was was great to see. And I've sort of been observing Sammy's um, relationship and with Louise, but also um, the change in Sammy over the last um, 12 months. And it's been great to see. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy actually spoke, or both Louise and Sammy spoke at our launch event a couple of weeks ago when we um, launched our evaluation report and that was held at Minter Ellison and they were lovely hosts for us to host this event for us and actually at the end of that event we were approached by um, the organisation by Minters if Sammy would like to submit her CV because we talked about her looking for work and I can tell you that Sammy's um, gone through two um, uh, recruitment processes with them and she's actually been offered a job oh wow amazing congratulations and- sammy if you're listening yes. <laughs> still in that's awesome that's fantastic it's a really news. that's a really um clear demonstration of the way a, a woman's life can be changed around by this just this one other person giving her a hug that's coming from the community through that through that person and and helping support and and um it's a bit of love really isn't it well, we great. need more love in this world. I feel I feel like that's um, that's something that you often see and you often um, have the the trouble of having to advise someone you're helping as a lawyer that your your finding of guilt um, if you are found guilty of a criminal charge is going to be on a criminal record um, and that's going to impact your future when applying for jobs because employers will do police checks most likely it could be a requirement. Um, and while it's, um, you know, you're not by law, you're not meant to discriminate against someone for their criminal record. It's very hard often to prove yeah. that an employer is is doing that. So very often if someone shows up on a police check that they have a criminal record, they might not be given the chance to discuss that with the, the prospective employer. Um, and I think having a service like women in mentoring, you know, having a mentor being able to speak or, you know, give you a reference even, um, 
is huge because it's then enormous. It's enormous because you have mm. someone that's willing to put you know their their name on the line on mm. you, for you when you know many people might say, well, I don't want to put my name on the line given you've got a criminal record. Mm. I don't know how that will. It presents so present. many hurdles. Wow, we're almost out of time. Um, but one of one of there's one there's a couple of messages. Firstly, um, Wham really needs funding. Oh my gosh, and I'm very aware of this as a board member. Um, so those of you with deep pockets out there or who know someone with deep pockets or find this a really interesting and it's an effective, cost-effective, amazing organisation that really achieves results, um, go to the Women and Mentoring website for lots of info. Also, um, Trisha, there's you, WAM has an event on at Law Week, which is the week... Um, what week does 17th that start? Seventeenth of May to the twenty third of May, I believe. To the twenty, which is um, organised by the Victoria Law Foundation, and it's got lots and lots and lots of events, um, community based events, and WAMS is one of them. Mm. What date's it on? So ours is on Friday the 21st of May at 10am. So um, our event is called Living Lawfully, um, Negotiating Life After Offending. And it's a panel event that we're hosting and um, it'll bring forward the experiences and the insights of women who participate in our peer advisory panel. And Sammy's actually one of those um, women with lived experience of the justice system. And it's about them sharing, generously sharing their stories about the long-term impact um, of building a life after they've actually faced the consequences of their offending. So they've gone through the, the justice system and now they're meant to live their lives, continue on, and it's actually the you know overcoming these structural and systemic barriers that, that, that persist even though they've actually sort of paid their dues. Yeah. So go along, have a look on the um, Law Foundation's web- website about Law Week events and find the Women and Mentoring event and go and meet some of these. Here's a, there's going to be a group of these really incredible women there to meet. Unfortunately, we have to go. Very, we Dan. have to go very soon. It's so sad, it's but you know last, what? I, last hurrah! I, I think it's yeah. Hopefully, we can we can organise something. And if you stay um, with your eyes peeled to the Done by Law website, mm. um, our Twitter and Facebook feeds, um, we can hopefully get something up with our guests because I think that's been one of the best parts about being involved at Done by Law is getting lived experience stories. And I would really yeah. love. Really? If we can, and if um, Sammy stories. is out there, I'm very sorry that we... Um, Sammy and Louise. Sammy and Louise are out there. I'm <laughs> sorry that we we stuffed up with the phone button today. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But that's community radio. That's community radio. Thank you for your time, Trisha. We really, really appreciate it. My pleasure and, to be here. Um, Thank you. And that's the program for tonight. Thanks for listening, everyone. And again, it's available on podcast. Go to the 3CR website and head to the Done by Law page. And stay tuned now for our friends running Voices of West Papua. See you later. See ya. Bye, Dan. Bye.